you know, if you really care about mm-hmm. the guest and you want to put the best spotlight you can on the guest, you better do your front end homework. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Hour. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now your host, Chris Lukey. Hey, welcome to episode 38. Today's episode is all about podcasting, specifically starting and running a successful industrial podcast. Now, as I think about it, I probably could have called this title a number of different things. I could have called it how to start a successful niche podcast, how to run a successful B2B podcast, how to create a successful company-sponsored podcast. You know, when a company creates a show for the sake of growing mind share, growing market share, you know, our guest today is with a company that I think is one of the groups that has really done this right. His name is Chris Granger. I'm going to get him introduced to you more in a moment. He works for ECO, uh, the Electrical Equipment Company. That's an acronym, E-E-C-O. They're an electrical distributor out in the Carolinas and Virginia. And he's been running a show called ECO Asks Why for almost a year now. And he is just quite frankly an excellent excellent podcaster. So without giving too much away, here are the three things you can expect from today's show. First, we're going to talk about getting started. We're going to talk about how Chris started his career, how he's advanced in the electrical distribution space, as well as how he started his podcast and how he got buy-in from his company. I think this will be really important for anyone that's been thinking about starting their own show for their business. Number two, we're going to talk about the nuts and bolts of running a good, consistent podcast. We'll talk about the systems and processes you need to get a show out on a regular basis, prepping for interviews, as well as how to ask good questions. Again, if you're doing a show, if you're thinking of starting one, we're trying to provide as many actionable tips as possible in this episode. Then finally, we're going to talk about some of Chris's biggest lessons from podcasting, some of the most rewarding aspects of running a show, and then finally, the results they've seen for their business at Eco. It's a stacked episode, a lot of resources. If you want to check out anything we mentioned in today's show, head over to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 38 to access the show notes to today's episode. As always, if you're enjoying this show, we love hearing from you over at Apple Podcasts via a rating and review. And I know I talk about, you know, how to get there, how to leave the rating and review, but I do want to be honest. I do read these. I was just before I was recording this, checking out um, some reviews from these past couple months. And, and honestly, the feedback really helps, motivates me, keeps me going, and it helps put the show on the map. So if you're liking Manufacturing Happy Hour, please consider leaving a rating in review over at Apple Podcasts on your iPhone or on your desktop. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. It'll take you right there. And with that, we got a lot to talk about today. I'm excited to get you introduced to Chris. So let's get rolling. All 
All right. Well, it's good to have you here, man. I want to make sure I give you a give you good intro before we get rolling. So okay. for those of you listening today, our guest has a long, illustrious career in electrical distribution, currently serving as the engineering and services manager for the electrical equipment company, better known as Eco. But he is also the host of the podcast Eco Asks Why, a show that focuses on the heroes and ideas impacting the industrial world. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Granger. It's good to have you here, Chris. Oh, man, it's exciting, Chris. Thank you for having me on. I feel like this has been in the making for a while because we've both been watching what one another's doing. You've been doing, how long have you been doing Eco Asks Why for now? Uh, we're coming up on a year and, and we started in February of 2020 was, I think, our first recording. Uh, it took right. some time getting up to that recording, but we started around February actually hitting, hitting record. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I can't go on LinkedIn right now and not see something about your show popping up on there. So you're certainly doing something right. And, and you know, I gave you a little intro there, mentioned a little bit about the podcast, but, uh, you know, we, you and I were chatting as we were getting set up. And, and I always asked my, my guests, if we were to do this over a drink at a bar, where, where would that bar be? And you quickly said, no, 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 we're going to be doing this around a campfire. So what, describe that setting. Where, where would we be hanging out if we were doing this in person? Well, in person now with COVID, man, I, I'd love to have you at the house. So yeah. in the backyard, you know, we'll have uh, we'll have the dogs running around. We'll have a, a nice little fire in the chimney set up and uh, we can sip on whatever you like to sip on. I'm not sure if you like sipping on what we do in North Carolina, but we can definitely try. <laughs> I, you know, I am, I am, uh, I don't play favorites when it comes to drinks. I will have any type of beverage. So I'm sure whatever you're serving as the house special, I would, I would be a okay with, but uh, no, that's, that's great. So we're hanging out there in the backyard. We got the fire roaring, you know, let's say it's you, me and a couple other friends are hanging out there and they're like, you know, Chris, you've been doing eco asks why for a while. And I know it's a show that you interview people in the industrial world, but, but what is eco asks why about at its essence? Man, at its essence, it's the stories. It's the people. You know, I, I, I love people. I just love hearing their stories, their journeys, and it's trying to uh, provide inspiration for people to come to manufacturing, come to in, in whatever way that you can support and serve industry, come to it because it's really awesome. You know, I've had a really cool career uh, serving in Virginia and the Carolinas all the way down to Georgia. And there's just so much uh, out there that you get to see when you're in a, a role like Eco or Rockwell or things like that, or eating those types of vendors where you can go out and just see all different types of industry, you know, and support it. So it's really just and hopefully to inspire people uh, one, to be proud of what you do and then mm -hmm. to come to this industry because it's just, uh, you know, that how it's made show it covers it pretty well. You can get to see anything from steel to paper to pulp, you know, just there's chemical across the board manufacturing. It's just so many different exciting industries out there that you get to, uh, to serve. Yeah. And, and, and I love, and that's one of the reasons I, I've enjoyed listening to your show. You know, it's, it's been cool seeing some of my buddies from the Rockwell world appear on there and, and hearing, you know, even people that I've, I was friends with, um, or am friends with, I should, I should use the present tense on that, you know, hearing, you know, aspects about their stories I didn't know about. And, you know, we're, I'm interested to ask you about podcasting today, but another, you know, similarly big element to manufacturing happy hours, the stories, and we want to get to know Chris a little bit. And, you know, you a big mission of your show is pulling people into the industry, getting people excited to be in the manufacturing industry. You know, what was it that drew you into it? Like, it looks like you've been with eco for like 18 years, if I'm looking at that, right. So there's something that's kept you in it for a while. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's really more than that. It was actually 20 because I co-op, I went to Old Dominion. Okay. And I co-opted at ODU with Eco. And, mm. and that was an interesting opportunity because I got to learn, you know, and see the different aspects. I mean, from a distributor standpoint, I think I've actually had every job or done every job you can actually do outside of like purchasing or inventory control. I don't, I've never really dabbled into that, but from the warehouse to the counter, to inside sales, outside sales, management of a branch, you know, to the, to the service component. So uh, it just, it was a cool opportunity. My dad actually was a customer. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how it all started. He was a customer. Uh, Jeff Knight at the time, he's our COO now. Okay. Uh, he was an outside, he was basically an account manager. Mm. And, he called, my dad was a customer and, and Jeff was wanting to start up a little automation house within eco. And uh, he's like, I need a co-op, you know, engineer, you know, young kid. My dad's like my son, you know? So we, Jeff and I met and it was an immediate click uh, with he and I, and he's since he's, he's my mentor to this day. Uh, been through a lot of life with me, you know, when mm-hmm. things, things go good and, and when things go bad, he's, he's the guy to call. So, so he's kind of, helped me get through and get and an opportunity to serve in many different areas and uh, within eco. And it's just, it led to so many different chances. I've had, I've been at eco for 20 years, but mm-hmm. I don't think I've held the same job for more than three. Sure. You know? So when you think of that, so I made a big shift from the distribution side. Mm-hmm. To, we had a motor services uh, division at eco where we actually did motor repair, motor reliability. So I ran that for a while and, and uh, that was just a ton of fun. Got to learn a lot about operations and, mm-hmm. and we decided to, to, to get out of that business. And so I had an opportunity to come back to the supply distribution side and had this crazy idea of, uh, you know, just, uh, well, it's really more of a time of self-reflection of what do I want to do? What, how yeah. can I make a bigger impact and help and serve people? You know, I have really smart product managers and solution architects that work with me, but like, what do I do? You know, and, mm-hmm. and so I was like, listening to Gary V and all these different people out there, you know, you just need to just start a podcast, just start a podcast. He's, I'm like, yeah. okay. So, uh, started doing some research, did a pitch to the uh, executive teams. Jeff was, was part of that team. Uh, I was like, here's what I think. I think this will work. And I think nobody's doing it in, in the distributor mm-hmm. space. Um, and here's the pat, you know, here is how we want to serve industry, how we want to help people and things like that. And, and the overall theme. And, and they looked at me across the table and they're like, well, you think you can pull it off? I was like, I think so, <laughs> but don't hold me to it. No, but I, I told him I think so. You know, I asked for just a little bit of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, leash to to try it. They they were gracious and said absolutely, and and so we we hit the ground running, and uh, you know, here we are, man. Yeah, no, you've been, you've been cruising. I, I I love I love hearing the origin story of the show. I love hearing how you got into the industry, and you know, I'm gonna di- dive into one of the things that really stuck out in that answer. You know, you mentioned you were at Eco for 20 years, and but you've never held the same job for more than three. And I'll never forget, I was on the golf course with a coworker in Houston, like this probably six, seven years or so ago, and he had recently come back to Rockwell after leaving a small company. And I asked him, it's like, well, well why'd you make the jump back to a large organization? He's like, I ran out of things to do, you know, like right. at, a, at a large company, you got a ton of opportunities. And, and one, one question I have for you is because you've done a lot of the different things. You mentioned the warehouse, outside sales, you know, but you've been in services for a while. Is there something, you know, how did you decide that, you know, 
of all the things you could do, how did you start focusing in on a certain segment? In your case, it's services. I'm just curious what what drew you to that or what maybe self-awareness journey brought you to that? Maz, a great question. I mean, the big moment for me at Eco, when when I was an account manager and a sales manager on the, on the, the distribution side, I, I wasn't getting the fulfillment that uh, that I was searching for. Mm-hmm. And it came down to because I was selling someone else's stuff, you know, mm. and, and just selling. Basically, I was, you know, in my mind, mentally, I was just a commodity. I was pushing commodities. And when I had an opportunity to go to the service side of the business, I saw a whole new component and a, a whole new world I never knew existed. And in that side of the business, our output, our, our product was something we did, mm. you know, we repaired the work. We, the work came in. We actually fixed it. We would fix it up. We painted all those things, components from a reliability standpoint, and it would go out. And just that, that sense of fulfillment was a lot different, you know, <clears throat> from, from a sales standpoint, if we're at, when I was out, you know, as a business development manager, for instance, for that service division, um, I wasn't selling, you know, another company per se's product. I was, mm-hmm. I envision it more when I want a big job and I sold 80 hours of labor. Yeah. Man, I just made somebody like two or three guys in the shop. I took care of them for a couple of weeks of work that's going to feed their families. Yeah. And that, just that mental connection of, okay, service really ties more to the people component. And for me, that was a, a big, you know, just a, a big pull in my heart. And it really, it, it, it led to the passion I have behind services. Love that story. You know, I think the word that jumped out in that answer for me was fulfillment. You know, for you, fulfillment was the services side, doing something that impacted the people. It wasn't necessarily product associated. It was the people that were involved in it. And I think for anyone, for anyone listening, for the manufacturing leaders out there, I mean, look for what gives you that fulfillment. I mean, it's hard to put into words what fulfillment looks like, but the thing, I mean, it makes you feel good, makes you feel like you're making an impact. That's how I look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't have the passion, you know, where that passion and and talent and all that aligns and you you get that moment of what I just call that moment of joy where you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, man, that's when you know you got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's cool to see you doing multiple things that bring you fulfillment with the day job as well as as the podcast, because ultimately the podcast is still kind of a side part of your job at the end of the day. Right. You're still the services manager, correct? Yeah, still. But it's they've I've had a lot of autonomy. Okay. They've been, they've blessed me in that because as you know, and nobody mm-hmm. knows like you do, it's a full-time job running a podcast. Yeah. If, if you really want to treat your guests right and promote the content and try to get the most out of it, do blogs, you know, and all the different things you need to do from a social standpoint to, to really put the spotlight, it takes time. And uh, so I've been, they've been gracious. I've been able to, uh, you know, focus a fair amount of time to actually the podcast. Cause I think at the end of the day, you know, if we serve our community and our, and our, our customers and the potential clients the best and and get people knowing eco better in the end there's going to be a return on that you know mm-hmm. at some point it's going to come back around it's just we got to focus on what's right for right now mm-hmm. so i guess i have a, a question around that in um you know what and this is kind of a tactical question for people that you know might be thinking about starting podcasters because i think a lot of podcasters in our industry are in that boat where um 
they're balancing a day job as well as starting a podcast. What what systems do you guys use or processes to kind of keep it flowing in check? Is are there some things you do that make it more manageable? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not an easy answer, but sure. Uh, number one, I have uh, a colleague and he's uh, the executive producer of the show. He's our marketing e-commerce manager and uh, he's turned into be my, my best friend. My wife may call him uh, my bromance. His wife calls him <laughs> my bromance. So it, it's fine. We've got, we've got used to that, but, uh, just having him, his name's Adam Sheets, uh, to have a someone that, that is in the game with you, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's been big. And then we've learned along the way, like we just started a, a dynamic spreadsheet inside Microsoft teams and it's called our, uh, eco schedule. Mm-hmm. And that, and we, inside that, we manage the upcoming episodes, the upcoming guests, the topics, the content, the blogs, uh, you know, so we have that, that really helps us. And then we have different platforms out there to help from a social standpoint. We use Hootsuite, um, Buzz, uh, we use that uh, for our actual recording and, and producing the podcast. And then, you know, he's got different softwares that he uses to, to transcribe because we're just trying mm-hmm. to figure out different ways to actually get the material out to the people that you know how they want to consume it and and now we've built this new studio in my house and we're, we're thinking that we're trying to figure out how to add the video components yeah to it. you felt the growing pains of that leading up to this podcast so thank you for working with us on that so <laughs> you, you know that's just you, you kind of learn as you go you know yeah. and what works and, and and what feels good and we typically work with, uh, you know, questions up front with our guests too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they know what they're coming into. So it's not a lot, you know, we're not hitting them, at, you know, out of left field with a surprise. They're, sure. They know where it's going. And it helps me too, to one, settle their nerves uh, and get them just into the groove and then uh, just a, a good sheet of music to work from. So uh, everybody has a different style. And, uh, you know, I just think just find one that works for you and make it yours, you know. We'll be right back, right after a word from our sponsor. This episode of Manufacturing Happy Hour is sponsored by Steamchain.io. Steamchain is the machine-as-a-service company that's transforming the way end-users and equipment manufacturers collaborate, increase revenues, and grow together. Now, what is machine-as-a-service? Well, if you're familiar with other as-a-service business models, it works very similarly. Rather than pay the upfront cost of a piece of capital equipment, whether that's a case erector or a canning line or anything beyond that or in between, end users have the opportunity to pay for that equipment based on its usage and performance. This moves investment dollars from CapEx to OpEx and ties this investment to production output. The coolest thing is, machine builders win as well. Through this performance-based financing model, now OEMs can cash in on the increases in throughput and quality that they deliver, generating ongoing post-sale revenue for their business. Steamchain's machine-as-a-service business model is one of the best solutions I've come across during my time hosting Manufacturing Happy Hour. And if you want to hear more, make sure to check out Episode 5, where we interviewed Steamchain's CEO and co-founder, Mike Kromicky. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash steamchain and make sure to visit them at steamchain.io to learn how you can start working with them today. And now, back to today's episode. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. Like I was I was kind of jotting down and reflecting on the things that you were saying when you were going through that answer. And 
you know, three big things stick out in terms of what to do. You have someone to help you. You got Adam that helps you produce the show, helps you manage things. You got a content calendar. You know what you're looking, you, you have a plan, you have a schedule, you know what topics you want to focus on. And then, you know, this is interesting for auto, uh, the, our industry, but you have automation, you have social tools that like make it easier to get posts out in a timely fashion, pre-schedule posts. So, I mean, that's, that's a great three-prong approach there. Um, yeah. And then you talk about, you know, preparing your guests, you know, making sure they know what they're coming into. And, and I have a question for you on that. You know, what what do you do to prepare for an interview? I'm curious because, you know, yeah. everyone has their own research process. And I'd love to know because you you ask great questions. Like when I listen to your interviews, like it's clear you've done your research, but you're also listening and yeah. then, you know, springboarding off of the things they bring up. Well, the prep for me is it, it comes from different areas. Now, it, and I've heard you say this on your podcast, you know, being from sales and I do have a sales background, mm -hmm. you learn if, to be effective in sales, you have to know how to ask questions. Yeah. You know, that whole art of asking questions, right? Uh, so, I mean, Neil Rackman spends selling the different types of questions to, you know, all the different things out there. So for me, you know, I'm just naturally inquisitive. My wife sometimes will tell you I'm too inquisitive. You know, it's just that I'm always probing and trying to find, uh, you know, the layers of the onion. But um, from a preparation standpoint for the guests, when I find out what they're interested in, I'm consuming whatever they're doing. Yeah. I go to their LinkedIn. I go to you know, if they have websites, if they have uh, videos. Uh, I, I recorded with the CEO uh, a couple of weeks ago and he wrote two books and as soon as I found out I was recording with them, Amazon next day, you know, they're here. I'm buzzing through those because I really want to consume and understand what he's about. And, and uh, I just find if you, you know, if you really care about mm -hmm. the best and you want to put the best spotlight you can on the guest, you better do your front end homework to make mm -hmm. them the best you can. So for me, that's where it's, that's kind of like the secret sauce, you know, I mean, yeah. anybody can just pop on a phone call and just, and just wing it. Um, I try to give the guests a little more personal feel. And if I, anything I can learn about them or what they're passionate about to help, uh, to, you know, navigate the conversation, man, it's, it's time well spent. You know, I think about like when I recorded with Jay Flores, mm -hmm. I went consumed all his stuff on STEM. Yeah. And it actually led to like, we were doing home experiments with my kids. Yeah. Leading leading up to the podcast. So when we got on the podcast with Jay, I'm like, Hey man, this experiment didn't work right. What did I do wrong? You know? <laughs> but to have those types of conversations, you got to invest the time and actually care and, and have that empathy and compassion. So that would be the, the biggest advice I would have there or what's worked for, for us. Man, like it, uh, absolutely. I think a lot of people underestimate the time that prepping for an interview takes. Um, and, and to be honest, I've found that the biggest cheat code for that is if someone has a podcast or has been on podcasts, you can take care of a lot of that prep. You know, for me, it's when I'm on my runs. That's when I'll put on a podcast when I'm running along Lake Michigan. You know, that's that's part of the prep work. You know, you're kind of doing your research and, you know, you're, you're picking things up as you go, reading the books. I, I love that you talk about, you know, if you find out one of your guests has read a written a book, you're ordering that on Amazon the next day. Right. That's a right. That's, that's great stuff. I, I guess I, I should ask what's, because one of the cool things about podcasting is you get to learn a lot from your guests. And, you know, I know we talked about left field questions, so take your time on this if you need to, but what's something big that you've learned recently from doing your show that you might not have expected to learn? Uh, I mean, I've learned so much. I mean, I guess some of the things that really stand out are, 
be humble, the humility, mm-hmm. the, the guests that, you know, you, when you look at their titles or what they've accomplished in life, you would think there would be a, some sense of, of arrogance or, you know, I got this and I found that to be the complete opposite mm-hmm. uh, you know, from, you know, we, the, the, a conversation stands out where he was the president of a company in Virginia and the most humble guy. And he doesn't have, he, he doesn't have a LinkedIn presence, no, nothing on social. Uh, you know, when, when I usually I'm tagging people when I do that, when I did that with him, I, I couldn't cause he didn't have those account profiles set up, but, he is right now the number one most downloaded episode. And it's because of the way he impacts people. And they oh, found, wow. they found out about like, Hey, he had this come out and so many people found out they just jumped all over it. So, I mean that, and then I've had so many guests lately also just talk about their passion, but not being afraid to take risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's pushing me with my mental thinking, to be honest, like, okay, you know, uh, what do I need to consider, you know, in my journey, some risks that I need to take starting podcasts was obviously a big risk, but mm-hmm. how do you keep growing and keep challenging yourself? So, you know, it's just, there's been so many golden nuggets, man, as you know, when you talk to these people, yeah, it's just, if you just sit back and just, just let it sink in, it's just, you can learn so much. I have to ask, well, who, who was that guest on that episode? I'd love to throw that in the show notes. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. His name is Tim Woodson and okay. uh, just a great, great guy very humble guy. And, uh, just, I I learned a lot from, from working with him for sure. Awesome. Well, for everyone listening to this episode, you can always go to manufacturinghappyhour.com to check out all the resources mentioned. Chris, you've, you've been dropping a ton on us today, you know, um, Man, we, we could talk for a long time, but I'm going to try to keep it to about three more questions before before we wrap our session. For, first one's tactical. You know, recently um, on your show, if, I, if I've been listening right, you have your uh, heroes, which are kind of people-centric, and then you have your ideas, which are technology-centric, if, if I'm saying that right. You do two shows a week right now. Right. Um, right. How did you guys, you know, what, what made you decide to up the frequency? I think when people are doing podcasts, a big question they have is like, well, how often do I do it? And, you know, you obviously had some data to run off of what made you guys make that, that change. Well, I mean, the overall theme being people and ideas over products. So the hero Mm -hmm. episodes and the idea episodes, and a, a lot of it, to be honest, Chris, was just a leap of faith. And some of it was Adam just kicking my butt saying, we're going to do this. So, yeah, you know, we had a backlog and we, and we try to keep a good backlog. Mm-hmm. And then, but we were, we were noticing, you know, Hey, these, we're getting some good downloads. I feel like, and we were getting some feedback to people like the couple of the series that we did. So we said, well, you know what? It's people and ideas. So we're going to do a hero and an, and an idea every week if we can. And uh, so far we've been very blessed and fortunate. I think we can run that, that cadence out to like April right now with, without recording and, 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 it gives us just a good, a good flow. We're not super rushed to try to, you know, find, to get recording. So it takes pressure off of us. Uh, and also to make sure we get the guests that, that, that want to be on to have the stories they want to share. So that's, that was really the big step for us. And then, you know, of course we, we still do the series too, where we may drop three or four in a week, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's, um, that's not every, that's not every week. Thank goodness. You know, that's a, that's a lot of prep. 
Well, it's it's amazing. I mean, to, to, as as we've said, it's a lot of work doing a podcast. To do two a week and to do them well is a big achievement. Not to mention the mini series that you do as well. Those are those are great. It, it's really impressive with what you guys are doing over there. Um, you know, I guess it, it's it's always interesting to ask this question because it could be a specific metric or it could be an intangible what what results have you seen from doing the show like for for whether it's you personally or whether it's eco as a business yeah i mean the biggest results we we, we we're the following on our social channels is going up mm-hmm. uh, we're, those numbers are increasing on linkedin and that's our primary platform and we're on twitter we're on facebook but you know for the industrial that we're, that we're trying to focus on linkedin is is it so we're seeing that, but we're also seeing, you know, with our uh, with our vendor community, uh, we're starting to be looked at a little differently. You know, so all of a sudden, you know, Rockwell, okay, you're doing what? You know, yeah, and eating the same way you're you're doing a podcast, and and you know, they have their guests come on, and a funny little story about eating. Uh, they did a, an idea episode about smart MCCs, uh, and it kind of blew up internally at Eaton. They they like mm. now. And it blew, and that 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 podcast started just really. The downloads started going through the roof, and the guy called me. He was like, "Bro, like something happened." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Everybody knows me now. Like they're listening to the podcast." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, that's good. That's good." And he, uh, they actually put it uh, a link to their to the conversation on Eaton's website under the, like the Smart MC section mm-hmm. of their website. And uh, they embedded the code there, so it's it pops when you pop on their website, you actually hear Eco Sy, and that was like, for when we told that to our executive team, they were like, "Dude, what?" Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was just so it's just little intangible things like that that mm-hmm. are really cool. You know, we definitely want to to uh, you know get a return on at some point with customers, but I think that that comes as your audience grows and you get that credibility, and they understand you're not trying to sell them something; mm-hmm. you're trying. You're really trying to serve them and help them the best you can. Yeah. Well, I mean, your your title of your show, just Eco Asks Why, says, says it all in a lot of ways. Like you're really looking to explore deeper conversations than just the latest widget or the latest technology. That's it, man. That's it. Um, and, and I love that too. I mean, for, 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 like you hit on a great point there with what Eaton did, they put it on their website, you know, that's a great, that's a great asset for them. Now, you know, you think about it, you, you and I have both been in sales sales call is what 45 minutes, an hour long. Like if someone listens to that episode, that's basically the same impact, if not more of a sales call. So that's right. That's right. Great, great stuff there. What's, um, you know, what's been the most rewarding part for you personally hosting the show? Oh man, you, you're coming with all these great questions. But I don't know why I'm surprised at that, man. This is what you do. I, mean, I had to make sure my game was sharp for a guy like you, Chris. <laughs> the most rewarding for me is serving others, man. That's the, that's, yeah. that's the easy question that for me to answer is when I get that moment where I feel like I, I recently recorded with uh, with our former president of our company, mm-hmm. and he had this moment uh, where he was telling a story about his daughters and. I have two daughters. So it really hit me. I mean, to the point, like I, I was almost crying on this end, you know, where he said, you know, at my retirement party, my daughters came up and they told me throughout your entire career, dad, I never felt for a single minute that you weren't there. And there was just this pause in the conversation. And my heart just went straight to my two daughters. Like 
that, okay, Chris, this is your goal now. I want to, yeah. I want to have that conversation with my girls. So it's just those moments, man, uh, when you're serving others and they're, and they're feeling, uh, they're feeling the love because they actually are loved and, and it's, it's nothing fake about it. And that's, to me, that's where it's all it's the best part of the whole show. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and when I was doing my research beforehand and, and everything about, I mean, everything about your answers have been authentic, genuine today. I remember seeing your LinkedIn profile. In addition to being a podcast host, in addition to being in electrical distribution, you're, you know, you're a husband, you're a father, you're a servant leader, and, and you, you know, everything you say really, really highlights those type of things. So it's Thank been, you. it's been great chatting with you here today. Is there something you wish I would have asked you that, uh, that we didn't discuss? Wish you would have asked me. I don't know. Uh, maybe ask about hobbies or something outside of eco. That's why I'm work. You know. All right. All right. What's uh what what hobbies been keeping you occupied lately? Whether it's a long time thing or maybe something new that's popped up over the past year. Yeah. For new, it's two kind of a couple of things. I started doing some woodworking. Okay. Uh, my wife is she's she likes projects uh, that so I've built some chairs and some gliders and so now she wants me to do some some uh, some stuff for our house uh, inside so we'll see how that goes yeah uh, and then uh, you know last year you know I, I changed up the uh, my workout regimen so ten years ago my my, my oldest daughter was born mm-hmm. I was pretty overweight I was about three hundred and thirty pounds pretty big guy. And so I, I changed up a lot of things, got down to under 200, uh, just by no special diet, just what I did. But last year, uh, my, my colleague, Adam, he started running. So he pushed me to start running. So started running and, and now he's pushed me. We're doing P90X together and doing, uh, their little X3 stuff. So it's, uh, always trying to find new ways to, cause it can't go to the gym anymore, man. You know, you just said, yeah. Go there, so uh, just finding new is and he's a motivator there too. So we text each other our stats and you know who can outdo who. And you know I'll go on a three mile run and he'll he'll text me back. Oh yeah, he just did an eight mile run. So then I don't talk to him for two days. But anyway, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. So no, that's it. It's just fun woodworking projects, uh, working out, and then just spending time with the family. Just, I got an eight and a ten year old daughters. Hey, Chloe and Ava, I know you guys are going to listen to this. So uh, that that they keep they keep us busy, man. Oh, man. Well, from podcasting to woodworking to P90X, you are a busy guy, Chris. And uh, it's been great having you on the show today. And I look forward to getting this episode out here really soon. Man, you're, it's been an honor, Chris. I love Manufacturing Happy Hour, what you're doing. I love, I, I binge your episodes, lo- love the uh, guest and your your approach. And I may, and, and, Wish you the best too. Give you this big transition you're taking from Rockwell doing this full time. Uh, man, you're, you're my hero, buddy. Yeah, man. Well, hey, hey, the admiration is shared. I, I've been impressed with what you've been doing over there at Eco Asks Why. Glad we're finally getting a, a chance to collaborate like this. For those of you listening, make sure to check out Eco at ecoonline.com. That's with two E's, E-E-C-O. And then make sure to check out Eco Asks Why wherever you listen to your podcasts or at ecoaskswhy.com. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Cheers, guys. All right. What'd you folks think? 
Chris is pretty fantastic, isn't he? I am. Uh, seriously, if you haven't checked out Eco Asks Why yet, highly recommend you do that. Also, um, and I'm not just saying this because I've made that recommendation, but um, in a month or two, I'll be appearing on that show. We, Chris and I actually did a little bit of, a, we'll call it a podcast swap. So if you want to hear the manufacturing happy hour story, if you haven't heard that yet, that should be a good spot to do it. So to access Eco Asks Why or any of the resources mentioned in today's show, head on over to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 38. That is 38 to access the show notes for today's episode. If you liked the episode, if you're liking Manufacturing Happy Hour in general, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes, where your reviews can be as short as a couple sentences, and it's easy to hit that five-star button to leave that rating. Also, want to make sure we thank our sponsor again for today's show, Steam Chain. Steamchain.io is the machine as a service company, and if you've been listening. If you heard the sweeper in the middle of the episode, you know you know a little bit about them. They do machine as a service, but honestly, whether you're an end user or an equipment builder, you should definitely talk to them. They can help end users on how to get the most out of their CapEx spend. And for OEMs, they can talk to you about how to monetize the data that you're getting from your equipment. So definitely consult them. You can learn more about them by hearing them on Manufacturing Happy Hour. Go to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash steamchain to listen to their episode or just jump straight to steamchain.io to schedule a meeting with them today and with that that's it for this week folks thanks so much for listening stay innovative stay thirsty we'll catch you again here next time cheers thanks for listening to manufacturing happy hour powered by the industrial network